You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it! Everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Couch Brotatoes. I'm Alex. This is Cap Morrison, and we are almost there, ladies and gentlemen. Two more episodes of King of the Hill. I did not realize it was going to be such a trek going into it. <laughs> have we been covering King of the Hill for a year now, or almost. coming up on a year? I have a feeling at least a year. Yeah. Because we started uh, the season right at the beginning of uh, lockdown. Yeah. And yeah, because we wanted to have something to kind of, you know, always have in our back pocket to yeah. talk about. And we were just like, oh, King of the Hill, we'll just do a retrospective on that. That way we've always got a little something. See, that's what uh, that's what happened during this quarantine. Mike Judge got us through quarantine, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and, and now it's just like, okay. I, can I probably, think it's time for a I little I can probably something. say I didn't have to make bread or... binge watch everything on amazon and netflix right (laughs) we only chose one and we only one series for that and 13 seasons it's coming uh it's coming up to an end here and uh before we get to that we get to uh talk about a a lot of things that we didn't like about the later seasons as well yeah there's a lot but uh but first before we do all that um actually yeah i was able to pull it up here our very first episode of the king of the hill uh retrospective was may 19th 2020 oh wow so yeah, not so that far ne- off <laughs> yeah so nearly a year of king of the hill content and uh before we wrap it up because the next episode is going to be the trivia showdown the culmination we're yes make, we're making 2020 count <laughs> and uh so we're gonna do that one so we do really want that to be strictly kind of game show oriented are but- you ready for the are you ready for the trivia off there, Cap? Are you ready for the pain? Oh, man. The pro, oh. the propane? Oh. This dude's talking oh. like his cough foo is strong. I know. <laughs> cough foo, huh? Yeah. Uh-oh. Be like propane. Explosive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the only bit of news we might have on King of the Hill until we get any sort of official announcement. Uh, from SlashFilm.com, uh, Brett Forrester, uh, which was a uh, co-writer for King of the Hill, uh, saying that he, they might be bringing it back and they are in hot negotiations to bring back the series to yeah. Fox and that it would be possibly set uh, 15 years in the future. This is the exact quote from him. He goes, I'm sure Greg Daniels and Mike Judge will murder me for sharing this, but hell yes, they are in hot negotiations to bring back King of the Hill. The, Trump, the Trump administration made it suddenly very relevant again. The characters have all aged 15 years. The project is so good. Okay, I've said too much. That's interesting that he brought up that the Trump era made it, you know. I failed to see how the Trump administration made this show relevant again. I could probably see it with the whole Republican Party's, you know, laws and stuff that, that are either being rejected or being forced through, like, 
you know, we joke about George. And by Bush. the way, thanks to Paul Rhodes in the Discord yeah. for pumping that in there for us. Yeah. For sure. But uh, I could see how the Trump administration is kind of a mirror of the Bush administration, especially the first four years. Yeah. Uh, Sands 9-11. But uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of, like, shady shit that was being pushed through during the Bush years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know we joke about it. You know, because we lived through the Bush years, you know, that that was our prime pretty much when we were kids. And oh no, I, I remember seeing the election for I think the second term for Bush Junior. Well, yeah. sitting in a, what, what year would that have been? Two thousand four. Yeah, oh four. Yeah. Okay, then what was the first year? Two thousand. He went against Al Gore. Okay, then actually I remember the first year it happened. Uh, we were at CC's Pizza, yeah. <laughs> and they had it up on the big screen, and we were watching it there. And like even that, that was, even that, there was a controversy. Yeah, because that Al Gore one. Because those uh, results just kind of the the coverage of that lasted a whole week because they were still counting in Florida. Yeah, the hanging chads. And yeah. All I remember is I remember we were eating there. We saw something on the TV, and Mom went, "Okay, good." So that's all I remember. I was like, okay, good. Yeah, and then I was like, "What?" She's like, "We have a new president. His name is Bush." So I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> and like the whole, I remember the 2004 one very vividly because it's John Kerry mm-hmm. and the whole like uh, Vietnam thing for Kerry because Kerry was over there. Yeah, he had the Purple Heart and everything. Yeah, yeah, that was like a whole shot. sticking point for him. But everybody, <laughs> yeah. but everybody was just all, also shitting on Kerry the entire time yeah, too because he's a Democrat. Like, he was like, a Democrat and and basically a rich kid too yeah. with uh, the Heinz family. Yeah, but. It's just, it's so weird. But they stopped kind of... Well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but they kind of uh, quit poking fun at, you know, uh, Republican voters on King of the Hill after 9-11. And now they're kind of, you know, I guess they're going to bring that kind of uh, dynamic back with, you know, I guess in the real world, the King of the Hill cast, a few of them would have been Trump voters. If you look at the, like, the demographic of Trump voters, you do get... You know, characters like that. You do get Hank... Boomhauer, Bill, and Dale. Those are the demographic that he targeted. Mm-hmm. The only difference was Hank. Yeah. Because Hank, you know, would probably be the, okay, I voted for Trump. And then slowly just like, I'm probably not going to vote for him again. Yeah. Because that's what got him. You know, a lot of Republicans went away. A lot of people, a lot of Republicans just left the party. Yeah. Which, which you know, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but just for them to hit. And that ju- happened, but that happened in George Bush's time too. A but, lot of them left the party. But for them to hinge such a thing on the subject, they only a few sentences to talk about, you know, the new series. Yeah. And they make mention that the Trump administration made it relevant again. That makes me fearful of what the content's going to be because even though there was shady stuff going on during the Bush administrations and there may have been tiny bits of it. That wasn't the hook of the show. The hook of the show wasn't a conservative family. No. It was a, a family. family. Yeah. Exactly. Our, our, their, their political uh, their political leanings really weren't plot points in a lot of the episodes. No. So I, I, it just makes me fearful that they kind of use that as a possible promotion technique or possible no. plot line that uh yeah i don't know won't. i don't know how i feel about it either and i wonder uh if this is uh because mike judge is putting out a, another beavis and butthead movie too mm-hmm. so and uh i wonder if this is just an excuse another excuse for him to play with his toys so because he doesn't own beavis and butthead outright or i don't know if he bought it back or not yeah, he may now but he didn't back then so i wonder if that's uh, kind of the case with his characters on king oh, of the yeah, hill too I, it's more of the wait and see kind of thing um, yeah I believe the whole Trump comment was probably just a throwaway line. I hope so. Because a lot of people are using that now. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm doing this because you're blah, blah, blah. Like, no, the fuck you're not. Because even the heavy political episodes, even back then, on rewatch, I was just like, and eh, like the voter episode. Yeah. And that, that, was, that wasn't one of the greater that episodes was, of that season. But it also, that whole episode hinged on a joke. 
Yeah. Limp-wristed George Bush. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I would maybe actually feel a little bit more confident in it if they were doing the Beavis and Butthead route. They're doing another movie. Mm-hmm. They're doing a self-contained hour and a half, two hour adventure. So if it, they're not going to have to keep up consistency and do another long form, multiple season, let's put the boys through multiple scenario things. They can take the time, think through every little joke, every little thing, and make it as good as possible. Maybe if they just did that with King of the Hill instead of trying to do another series. I feel like the series yeah. is maybe where it's going to fall flat. I think it would be nice if they did a mini series. I think yeah, so. Solid, do that, a solid... Yeah. Um, just nothing too long. Yeah, I'm just like a solid uh, five to eight episodes, hour long each. Yeah, max. Yeah, not even an hour long, probably 45 minutes. Yeah. Like WandaVision, you know, just, mm-hmm. just kind of short. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's a really good point. I, I think my overall fear on that would be them just trying to do it for too long and yeah. too much. I mean, they already did it for too long and too much. But, you know, this <laughs> you know, you know, is what we're getting into today. <laughs> and, like bring back some old tropes you know they had that got him going like do a PSA at the end of one that'd be fucking hilarious oh yeah do have Bobby doing the PSAs yeah. now especially if they're gonna do 15 years cause he'll be probably be 30 that, that's yeah. the one thing I'm actually kind of excited for is he'd be in his late 20s you know mid 30s mm-hmm. in that time period I would love to see adult Bobby trying to be a dad and seeing how much of his of Hank's mannerisms he wound up picking up over the years that's the show I wanna see hey, give, give or take Hank's age He'd probably be only 55. Yeah. And Peggy probably be 50, maybe. Yeah. No, no, no. She'd, she'd be closer to about 54, 53. Yeah, because they, they went to the same school together, so. Yeah, rival schools. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, rival schools. <laughs> Hank was the See, bully. that's why I'm not doing the fucking uh, <laughs> trivia. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling together the questions. I'm not doing the answers. Chris is just looking at me like, I got you, bro. <laughs> All fucking day. <laughs> All fucking day, son. <laughs> well, before we get into that one, we might as well have some fun and talk about our top five worst in no order episodes. Yeah. From seasons, what, 10 through 13? Yep. We had? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for, so for the last one, it was the top five best. And I only had like maybe three or four. <laughs> I have a lot more for top five worst. Yeah. So I actually put a lot in this one with the idea that we may cross over because there were just a lot of stinky episodes oh, yeah. in this last Totally. We had a lot to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, Cap, what you got? From season 10, Educating Lucky. Oh, I had that one too. Yeah, yeah really yep. strong Lucky episode. No, there's not really a strong Lucky episode, period. Well, you the know? reason I personally didn't like it is not necessarily because it wasn't a strong Lucky episode. It's one of the worst Peggy episodes yeah. ever. Yeah, which like she tries to screw over his uh, education process and wants him to get the wrong answers yes. so that he doesn't get a marriage license. Yeah. It's, like, it's literally family sabotage. And I'm yeah. just like, good God, of all the fucking bullshit things Peggy's done throughout but the that years. But ha- that ha- like, their whole demographic of you know the family and strong mm-hmm. you know strong family values and all this stuff it degre- it degrades through these th- these four seasons yeah and it's just like god yeah really like, and they're car- not they're not pro whatever the fuck they were first like nine and mm-hmm. awfully cartoonish ways too kind of like this where they kind of yeah. give the most extreme example of you know somebody doing something like this and it's like yeah sure she learns her lesson before the end and well, you know it, makes it right for him but at the same time it's like at what cost though but like why would Peggy even do that to begin with? She's, you know, she, Luann has someone that can provide. Like, why the fuck would she sabotage her own family? Especially, Especially her an, family. And yeah. an educator. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so that that that, that was honestly, if I have to rank it, that might be in the top like, three Peggy's of the ones I listed. Peggy's done mm-hmm. a lot of dumb shit, but damn, that's fucked up. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> all I, all Lucky wanted to get was a GED. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it seems like because Which is weird anyway that you have to have one to have a marriage license. I know, right? I know, yeah, I don't know what, how that works in Texas, or if that was even what they went by, or uh-huh. if they just made up their own laws <laughs> for the show. And the other interesting thing is too is so if we want to look at it from a from an actual writing standpoint, Peggy's big issue with Lucky was that he was uneducated and unfit to marry her niece. So if what he's trying to do is better educate himself and better himself, she should be looking at that going, oh, well, he cares about her enough to make these changes. Well, he might be a pretty decent guy then. He's, he's trying to put his best foot forward now that I've laid down the rule. Doesn't uh, Hank kind of make that point to Peggy too? Yeah, we have to fucking have Hank say that. When in reality, because, yeah, again, it just seems like Peggy would understand that yeah. being an educator. Yeah, it seems like that that if everyone else had found out what she was doing, oh, there'd be God. there'd be a lot of ire toward Peggy. Like people would probably just stop talking to her. I feel so. I feel like because it. that's a, that's a very big thing to do. To you know, they make fun of Bill. You know, they make fun of Dale. You know, there's all this other stuff. But I see that as like an event that'd be like the last fucking straw. Yeah, you would think. For, for Hank even, mm. but like. No, you you meddled in someone's life to ruin it and to ruin the life of one of your family members. Your own blood. Yeah, it wasn't like, even like step family. You know, people member. like this guy. You know, there's nothing. He's not a hateful man. You know, there's nothing evil about Lucky. He's a little slow. He's but a redneck. The, 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 there's no there's no negative characteristics in Lucky at all. No, because he's Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, and, and even in the episode where he was uh, introduced. He didn't really do a lot of the illegal activities, like breaking into the store. He didn't yeah. throw any bricks. He kind of just laid back. And I feel like that may have been a conscious decision yeah. on the writers or Mike at the time to kind of make sure he kind of fell in the back and didn't do a lot of horrendous things. Yeah. That way he could be the redeemable redneck in the end. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a good I old guess. boy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there is nothing wrong with that. And they made... A really because Lucky was one of my favorite characters they introduced later on. They did such as a good job with him, kind of showing, yeah, he's a little dumb, he's a little slow, but damn, he's got his heart in the right place. And in a town like that, that needs to count for something. That's, <laughs> that's kind of all they all the development they do for Lucky's character too. They just like, oh, he's a lovable redneck, and that's it. Well, because the season he was introduced, what was supposed to be the last season anyway. So, you know, they really weren't trying to give him much character development. Then they gave him three more seasons after, yeah. and they're like, uh, okay. What do we do now? <laughs> what, what do we do with the character we didn't plan to give any sort of character development to? <laughs> so, hey, yeah. Tom, you want to come in uh, make for a few extra bucks and uh, get some Fox money? Yeah. Yeah, yeah do it. Is any other segments on that episode, Cap, that we didn't touch on that kind of irked you? Not really. We basically cut. That's all there is really to cover yeah. about that one. That's the <laughs> thing about all these episodes, too, is that there's not really much to cover. You got your plot very, points that suck, and that's about it. Very one-dimensional. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Chris, what would be one for you? Well, my, one of my top five worst is probably... Well, the one fans hate the most is Hank's bully. I, I had that one in there too. That's in the same season, isn't it? <laughs> it that, is. That's like out of the entire like fan community, that's the worst. Like that's the one everyone hates the worst. I don't know. I, I feel like I hate I hate the uh, lucky one a little bit more than Hank's bully, but the Hank's bully is still just so annoying. I hated that one as a kid watching it, going, "Oh my god, I would beat this kid's ass." Yeah. <laughs> messing up his lawn and everything and like even the secondary story in that didn't save it 
it was uh, Dale and Peggy with the squirrels. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was such a weird episode with because he had, they added that part in there. And Dale just gets more and more cartoony in the yeah. later seasons too. Um, ah oh, man, I just even like though I know he's a fucking cartoon, but still, but yeah, but yeah, it goes from a little bit of realist to slapstick. Yeah, you know, like Bugs Bunny type shit. Mm-hmm. But nah, man, just this fucking episode is just at no point in the episode does it get resolved really the whole point you know he you know he's just riding on his grass he's trespassing to begin with the kids trespassing talking shit and all this stuff can be let go as like childish bullshit kind of like uh the episode they did where the guy was scaring everyone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he could have had bobby go out there mm-hmm. at no point does hank even think about hey bobby punch this kid in the fucking head face <laughs> he's on my property punch him in the fucking face yeah because what he is doing is he's been told multiple times back the fuck up mm-hmm. and his parents are those laissez-faire mm-hmm. fucking parents who weren't worth a fuck yeah kind of like the Canadian parents <laughs> yeah the Canadian parents I remember that <laughs> but they were just you know laid back with all the bullshit he was doing and then they bring the cops involved. That which escalated out of me too. Which escalated very quickly and the Fred even, Willard even cops. The, yeah. Even <laughs> even the cops are very bad at their job. Yeah, they're and, like, and hey, plus look, he, Hank. They're like, look, motherfucker, I want him off my property. That's all I want. Yeah. And they're treating Hank like some miserous old man. Uh-huh. And it's, like, it's that same shit as with the old lady episode. Yeah. They call in the cops and they're like, What do you mean? It's just a kid. It's just an old lady. But there was one plot point or one point in the in the episode where I would have been if I was Hank I would have walked over to Joseph's house or Dale's house and like I need Joseph yeah <laughs> see I want to see that episode I'll give you a beer <laughs> see I want to see that episode it's like uh, Hank trying to toughen Bobby up and Bobby's just kind of like I don't know what to do with my fist dad and then he goes into <laughs> and then he goes and you know, nah, gets Joseph I can see that, I can see that de- uh, escalating quickly ba- based on the first episode where Hank's like pl- you know shadow yeah, boxing pop, pop. fucking Bobby <laughs> and that fucking hippies on the bus he's like look he's beating that son and he's beating his son he's like shut up twig boy <laughs> but like I'll be, you I'll let be, yourself open dad whack <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be short on this but it's such a terribly written episode it really and is and I want to say it's right before yours it came out it yeah. was yeah and the thing, the other part I didn't like about it is you were saying, like, you know, it didn't really get resolved. The way it got resolved was Hank just had Bobby act like a brat and... Fuck their lose, property up. Yeah, and fuck their property up. And it's just like, okay, that's one way to resolve it, but, like, the the parents really didn't learn anything. The kid didn't really learn anything. There's and a lot. It was, the only thing that... It was a very cheap get out. It was a ploy. Yeah. The only thing that kind of makes it okay was the dad's like oh i see what's going on yeah and he's like get the fuck in the house yeah which isn't gonna last long no no because that that you could tell by the way they set it up that kid runs the house you yeah. we, i have seen i've had friends that i've gone to their house and i'm like oh you run this place no. like like it's one I, that always baffled me and i think that's also why episodes like this annoyed me I would never have dreamed of being a kid like that. When I went to a friend's house, it was yes, ma'am, no, sir, you know, all that stuff. Thank you. It's like they gave me a water. They gave me a fucking glass of water. It was thank you very much, you know, shit like that. And then I'd go to some friend's house and they'd be like, Mom, we're hungry. Make pizza. And I'm like, oh, my God. If I had ever talked to my mother like that, Mm -hmm. I would never get a fucking thing again. (laughs) 
So yeah, so I think that's why that episode just annoyed me. As I'm just like, God, ugh, I hate this. No, that was pretty bad. And fuck it, let's just uh, let's keep it going with the season ten hate. Uh, one of mine from season ten was a portrait of the artist as a young clown, which was when oh Bobby God, goes yeah. to clown college. And that's kind of like it's kind of should have been a Dale or not a Dale, but a Bill episode. Yeah, I feel could, like it could have been a Bill episode at least. It really does. I didn't like this one because it started out fine because it seemed like Bobby was trying to you know figure out his calling. Oh, there's clown college. That well, feels like perfect you and his parents are like, yeah, you know that's what he's good at. Let's see what's like. And it's the golden age of fucking going to college. You know, it's cheap as fucking. You can take just the one class. Yeah. So it's like it started out fine, but how it got wrapped into that weird avant-garde kind of fucking stu- like yeah. what is a clown, what is comedy kind of yeah. thing. And he's doing this whole like French noir. Yeah, bullshit. yeah. The instructor in particular is very obnoxious. And you That's Paul F. Tompkins. Holy shit! Really? really? Yeah. <laughs> the comedian, the, one of the funniest fucking dudes I've ever seen on like internet based. Yeah, shows. he's pretty good. Oh, he's hilarious. But they make him be this piece of shit comedian. And that, and uh-huh. that to me is when the episode just goes off the rails. It's like it had the start of something good because you can still make it slapsticky. Let's just say the clown college was like a legit clown college and Bobby was really getting into the makeup. And okay, maybe have them go down the path that they did with Bill where Bill stayed in the fucking Santa costume all the time. Yeah. Now Bobby's staying in the clown makeup all the well, time like, and no, shit like no, that. And there's no callback to him being a rodeo clown at all. Exactly. So it's like it, they could have... I think that's why this one landed on the list is there was so much potential with the episode and, then it just became, and they just went so... Exactly what you said, Cap. They went so sitcom with it just, instead of life with it. And they do that a lot in the later seasons. Where they pull, Like I mentioned before where they pull in a bunch of characters that have nothing to do with what, how the show started, like, say, the Fred Willard cop mm-hmm. or, like, the uh, Strickland Propane employees. Yeah, They're just kind of, like, extra. They're just kind of there, and they don't really add to anything. And stuff like the like, stories like this wouldn't have happened in any of the early seasons at all. No, they just go too like, over the top with it. And especially because we even saw, like, in previous seasons... Hank would usually get Bobby out of that trouble before he got too deep in, you know? At no point in time did Bobby want to show off his act to his parents before the talent show or before the yeah. you know thing before he starts really embarrassing himself on stage. It's like it took Hank being on the side of the stage tossing him the whoopee cushion, you know, to actually get the laugh. And it's just like it feels like they found out too late. It feels like Bobby would have been more excited about it, wanted to show them earlier, and they would have found a way to possibly curb that sooner. Yeah, because Hank would have been. Three words. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. It, it feels like it, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't bother rewatching these seasons at all. But didn't it turn into a situation if they found out right before he was about to go on stage? Mm. Like he didn't show them, or like they didn't have any sort of Bobby. You might want to rethink kind of thing. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. So yeah, very poorly and, written and, episode. And as structured for me. as Hank Hill is, you know, he would have been like, "All right, let's see what you got before we get put you on stage." Considering yeah, really. they were also excited for him in the beginning yeah. of the episode. Yeah, bad writing, bad writing. <laughs> Cap, what you got for us? Cops and Robert, I didn't like at all when uh, Hank uh, gets the act- wallet. Yeah, gets the wallet. <laughs> oh yeah, I. You know what? I almost put this in my favorites. Really? I almost <laughs> did. I kind of like this episode a lot. I mean, it's kind of like it's it's a. Hank episode, and I didn't like it just because it was just kind of like a silly, it's just like silly, a, like a Dale Doppelganger kind of. Yeah, really. Yeah. What I liked about it, at least, um, was he felt like the embodiment of YouTube comments. 
Yeah. He felt like <laughs> the embodiment yeah. of like the cesspool of Facebook. Yeah. You know, he wanted to be the taxi driver character. You mm-hmm. see him like watching it on the TV. He wanted to be yeah. the cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he wanted so bad to be the cool, tough guy. And all of a sudden, he just finds the one thing that's going to push him over the edge. Someone stole his wallet <laughs> or mugged him for his wallet. And even that lead-in was kind of funny because Hank is very much in character when that all transpires. The whole, I'm going to kick your ass, give me my wallet thing. He uh-huh. feels so annoyed and so dejected by the fake signature that Peggy got swindled by a fake signature. And then they wouldn't take the refund. He hates this new area of town. And then he thinks he gets mugged. So that is perfect in Hank Hill character for him to be on, like, right on that tipping edge of, I'm going to kick your fucking ass right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought this episode was just super silly. But you do bring a good point where it's just like uh, Hank uh, is still, you know, very much Hank Hill in this episode. Yeah, he, he felt kind of in character. Even to the point of, as soon as he realized, he was like, oh, "I'm a mugger," you know. He he wasn't just like, "Uh oh," he was just immediately like, "I am the worst person imaginable," and tries to fix it. And only by fixing it makes it worse. Yeah. And that's what I found funny about it is, in moments like that, it felt sitcommy, but the right kind of sitcommy. If that makes sense, it kind of calls back to when how uh, Hank overanalyzed all of the porn around the porn tape that he uh, allegedly bought or whatever, or put a credit on or whatever it was. And you know, I like the B-plot of uh, Dale trying to work at the Hooters, basically, in town. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> because very rarely, very rarely, does the A and B-plot cross over. Yeah. And this one did in the, in the, uh, in the third act. The boys run into the Hooters lookalike and use that as a distraction with Dale working there That's to true. help them get away. So very rarely does the A and B plot really cross like that. So I enjoyed that moment too. How does Dale get the Hooters gig? He's trying to. Uh, he got the Hooters gig because he's trying to sue a large corporation for sexual discrimination. That's what it was. And he was working in there, and, and he's just like, you know, we, you don't have any restaurant experience. This that, and the other. He goes, well, yeah, but I just want to be a server. This that, and the other. He goes, you know, well, you know, uh, you don't really seem qualified. He's like, why? Because I'm a male. <laughs> of course. And he just kind of looks him up and down and goes. Okay, you're hired. Click. He's like, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. Hey, but then winds up getting like the most fucking test because he's broing out with the tables. Yeah. <laughs> He's pissing, he feel- off, he's pissing off all the other waitresses and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, sorry, sweetheart, they like me. <laughs> I forgot about the B plot of that. But yeah, that was just on my list just because I thought it was just, you know, super silly and you yeah. know I was probably well, in a bad mood from watching it was like it's in a long string of like silly episodes. What season was that? Uh season twelve. Okay, okay. Now I, I could understand that. And honestly, uh unless y'all wound up picking it earlier, it feels like everything from y'all's picks were season ten. I didn't have any season eleven picks for my bad. I didn't, I didn't either. I did. Okay. Well well Chris, what's your season eleven pick for hey, bad? He's gone pots. Which one was that one? She uses Tupperware to con people into buying houses. All right, she becomes a real estate agent. Right. And you remember... Uh, not oh, me, yeah. Not me and what's his... Uh, I, oh, fuck. What are the other Asians' characters' names? Uh, con, not... Uh, what's no, the uh, country um, club guy's name? Yeah, country club guy's. Uh, but anyway, his wife, um, Chang Wasana Song's yes, wife... Yes, yes, The one Wasana Song's. Got Peggy roped in into a pyramid scheme of cozy kitchen... I remember that, but I forget. 
I forgot that it was to tie in to sell with houses because I, I the only she, one I remember with that was the actors. Yeah, well, the whole point was she got tied in with that, uh-huh. and she used her real estate license to go into like gated communities and solicit. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, now. yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. And then the whole gated communities kept having to change their codes and shit. <laughs> and this I remember the, that one. And though. this isn't the same one where uh, she's going to houses and uh, the neighborhoods around them get immediately gentrified, yeah. like for the Quinceanera and all that. No, this no, one, this is a different episode. Okay. This, is, this is the one where she's using her her real estate, you know, cards and stuff mm-hmm. to get into, you know, to sell houses. But she's not using it to sell the house. She's using it to get into rich people's neighborhoods, neighborhoods. to sell Tupperware. Yeah, to show. Bullshit pans and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's part of the reason there are gated communities is to keep those, you know, door knockers right. out of your area. But since and she works real estate, people. she's... Yeah, she used to, to go nice inside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this ain't something real for you. Oh, <laughs> this is cow's potatoes. So we, let's, dive, let's dive into that industry. Yeah, racial politics of fucking home ownership. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um... I didn't put that in any of my uh, worst lists, mainly because um, that that one just kind of felt forgettable to me. It didn't it didn't offend me on a these don't feel like my characters level. That felt like some bullshit Peggy would pull. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> that's the thing about these later seasons too. There's a lot of for, utterly forgettable ones. Yeah, and that was my problem doing my best of list is because I was like, well, I guess I could put that in my favorites. I, <laughs> Guess I could put that in my favor. There, there was a lot of I guesses. Right. Like, not- like honestly, the Hank's wallet one, I almost put in the favorites. I was like, I guess I could put that in. But that's the thing too. It's just like oh, it's good, but you know, yeah, it did, it didn't hit a good enough chord with me to be a favorite. And that's a damn shame too. And honestly, man, I wish I could comment more on your episode, Chris. That it just—it's so it's, forgettable it, yeah, for it's, me. It's, I don't. It's, it's a pass-through episode. Yeah. Like it's one of those episodes, like when it would come on, because I rewatched the whole season. So. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, oh man, I could, I could rewatch. I gotta want my dog. <laughs> I guess I could feed her again. Yeah. You could <laughs> just skip this episode. <laughs> no, nah, just let it play in the background. Yeah. I know it, and then like go through my phone and be like. I don't know that person anymore. Click. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, I can catch up on emails yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah, this is the one where if you've been watching it with your girl, it's like, this is the makeout episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get back to watching the next episode. <laughs> what we missed? Nothing? Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, this one sucks. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I have a feeling this might have made Jaws list, but uh, another one for the negative on me is Death Picks Cotton. Yeah, I was going to wait till the end to talk about that no, one. But let's let's, let's go, go ahead and whip that one out. Let's yeah. whip it out. Death Picks Cotton, season 12. I can see why people would hate it. It's not on mine. Yeah. But I enjoyed it because you know, they got rid of a character. Yeah, but it's just hard to do. Do they get rid of the character the right way, though? Yeah. It does have one of my, some of my favorite lines in it from the entire show. Yeah. Was, uh, I don't want a son that loves me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but, like, it, it's Peggy Heel versus Cotton. Yeah, again, for again. the last time. And, and she just goes off on him, which I love, actually. Yeah. And, and he just does that laugh. <laughs> Oh, Hank's wife. <laughs> yeah. He never called her by her fucking name. He only called her a name one time, and it was Hillary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, see, I, I completely agree with your points of why you like it. And those are the things I like about the episode, too. But since we have been dissecting it and kind of realizing just how good the writing was in these earlier seasons, let's take that same plot point. He can still have a PTSD moment. Mm. But all the hospital scenes... I wish they had pulled. If they had pulled this one small thing, it probably would have been a favorite episode. If 
Cotton had given Hank the moment of the I love you or the little the the moment of, you know, relief for him. But when he saw Peggy, he was like, so he bought it. He reveals to Peggy that he was still being a shyster. She gets to have her last moment with him because she just disrespected her husband for the last fucking time. Yeah. She gives him the what to and then he dies. But Peggy still keep decides to keep it hidden from Hank, so Hank has his moment. I think that writing would have been really good. Let Peggy have it yeah. to where she has that little secret that Cotton was still being a little shithead, but Hank doesn't know it, so he can move forward. But we still get all the little moments like we were talking about, Chris, where, you know, yeah. Peggy... And honestly... For it being in one of my negatives, it does have one of my favorite um, Dale moments. Yeah. Where he blows up the goddamn shed yeah. and says, that was for you, Colonel, and goes running down the street. I love that moment. That felt like such a classic Dale moment, and all of these other moments, I just feel like a different Dale. Well, go back opinion. to the blowing up of the shed. That's how Peggy gets out of the whole Tupperware business. It, oh, yeah, it was. It was. So it's even a callback to that. She has Dale blow up. The sh- they both run into the shed. Yeah. And it blows up and they yes. disappear. And there's like, oh, fuck, I can't make this dead woman. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find it like there is a weird moment of why he's in the hospital of shrimp. Yeah. Well, it, how does a man go from fighting a war to to now not knowing he's allergic to shellfish? Yeah, really. Well, I Especially they, if it was thought, in Japan. I thought what had happened was uh, he was starting to get a flashback. Yeah, he, gets, it, he gets up on the hot griddle. His shoes yeah. start to slip. And then yeah. basically anything could have gotten lodged in his throat. I thought they just kind of popped something in his mouth. And at least it was implied to me that it just got lodged in his windpipe. Because uh, uh, I remember the doctor saying, like, oh, no, he had inf- it caused uh, – an allergic reaction in his throat. And oh, it okay, swelled, okay, and it got shut. it. Okay, got it. And I'm just like, it's very odd to do like an allergic reaction to yeah. kill cotton heel, mm-hmm. not a hardcore infarction or some form of angina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, yeah, I mean, even again, go back to the writing. They could have played that so much better. Still have him have his PTSD moment in the hibachi place. But exactly what you said, he just kind of clutches his chest and hell leans over, accidentally burns his face a little bit, and they have to like get him up real quick. Like, oh shit, like that, and then they move forward. Yeah, and the whole. Uh, his wife being gone mm-hmm. is weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, uh, fake tits. That Tilly. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. That was, uh, that's oh. Hank's mom. Um, yeah. Fuck. Oh, God. What is that? Didi. Didi. That's what it was. <laughs> Didi. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it just kind of felt like uh, they just kind of wrote them off, you know, where it was just, uh, it was on my uh, list yeah. and I'll pick something different other than that. Not that uh, we're covering it. Did they show, did they even show good Hank GH much at no. all that? Or they just kind of. After this, after this, you, you don't see any part of that family. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, Cotton's, just, Cotton's just gone. Not Didi. Yeah. Once Cotton's gone, even when they bury Cotton mm-hmm. in that weird way. Yeah. Uh, no mention of Dee Dee, no mention of GH. She, apparently, she just moved. I yeah. know. They, they, I think they made one mention of that. Like, one line of dialogue. Oh, gone. I think it was in the episode where um, uh, they tried giving the Cadillac to Hank, uh, Dusty Hill. Mm. Uh, I think they explained it away on that one. He says something like, Well, where's Dee Dee and the baby? He's like, Ah, Dee Dee moved away, yada, yada, yada. And, and then, like, it was, that was it. <laughs> 
So, yeah, so, it's just kind of, I didn't. Even though Hank took all that time to help him get back with her and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And Cotton's such a dynamic character with that entire family and that entire uh, neighborhood, too. And, and just kind of. Like, the whole burying thing, they didn't even bury him at his plot. No. You know, that's, that's, yeah, that's. Yeah, the, the main plot, a plot point yeah. that was very and important ep- in the early yeah, episodes. Or, uh, Cotton's plot, that was the name of the episode. Like, what the fuck? Y'all threw that away? Yeah. That's, that's, that's just people being lazy. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, again, I, I, I find that a lot of my least favorite episodes were episodes where they had potential but just fucking ruined it. Especially- this one. Cotton was one of my favorite shitty characters on the show, and it, it just felt like they did not give him a good send off. I agree, and you know they just—it was just so quick and rushed. I feel like they just yeah. didn't get a, give. Uh, not only did they not give the audience a chance to breathe, but they didn't really give them a reason to breathe either. They're like, really, like this? Yeah, again, I don't feel anything. The, the two again, the two moments I can glean from is Chris's moment of Peggy getting in her final shot. And then uh, Dale blowing up the shed at the end. Those are the two moments that I like. But even then, it's just kind of like, oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I put. Uh, we talked about this on the last episode, but strangeness, strangeness on the train for me was just utterly silly. Yeah. Yeah, Even so, though it was so, kind of one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah, so we intentionally kind of made sure that you didn't talk about the things you didn't like about it. So what did you not like about the episode? Uh, again, the just the ridiculousness of it and uh, seeing these characters kind of act out a uh, Knives <laughs> Out uh, whodunit scenario on a murder mystery play. It just kind of yeah. felt like a fan fiction episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. I, I would say all the characters are at least still written the, like themselves. Yeah. Maybe except for Hank. Because even though we were making the joke about Hank fucks, yeah. that is still a little bit out of his character to yeah. be that presumptuous yeah. with Peggy in a public place. No, I yeah. thought the characters for that scenario were written pretty well because you know you want if you want to make like a fake scenario like that, you know, mm-hmm. which Classic to me, Luann uh, ruining the whole start of mm-hmm. it with her ignorance. Yeah, but it's just one of those deals where it's uh, you know, this is Arlen, Texas, and they're on a fucking you know. I don't know. It's just a lot of things that just felt real silly about it. It doesn't, oh, fit, no, it doesn't told, fit the scene of Texas. It doesn't. It, no, I totally get that. And and I, and I think a good comparison would be... Um, it's like what Family Guy would do, not King of the Hill. You know what I mean? Oh, that, that's even better. I was going to even say um, it, it's an example of kind of like what Archer was doing with the, yeah. the dream seasons. How exactly. They didn't fit in. It felt like the writers just wanted to do something different. Well, what's a different way to get them in a change of scenery so we can get creative? Yeah, okay, so, fuck it. We'll put them on a train. Exactly. <laughs> it's an old like Agatha Christie mystery novel kind of thing. Yeah. It gets really lazy because that's not what the show is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, um, even in these bad episodes, there's you know always a little something good to kind of pull yeah. from it. I like the very end. How they're all uh, trapped in their disco gear and they run across that old biker saloon. And they walk in, and at first they're kind of like giving them these looks of, you know, who the fuck are you guys being here in my goddamn bar? <laughs> and then right as they're about to fucking turn heel, fucking bartender goes, Disco's back, baby! Hold on, let me get my turntable! And I'm just like, hell yeah. And like everyone just kind of gets into it and yeah. has a fun night. I like that moment. The, but the rest of the episode, I, I like a lot, but I would have to say that that'll be my number one pull to be like, you know, that, that that's my argument of the good parts of the episode. But but I but I do understand where you're coming from on yeah. the cap. Yeah, so I don't have to 100 percent agree with you though. <laughs> <laughs> what but you got, Chris? Master of Puppets, season thirteen. I'm scrolling through that season right now. I actually, got ten. I almost I almost put that one, but I, I didn't. It's mainly because I had a lot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a when I first saw. I remember like, 
this is one of those episodes I guess I had missed growing up, but I had finally watched it. I was like, when I saw the title, I was like, it's a fucking badass title name. Okay, we're right. going to do, do, do a Metallica cover. Okay, what is this about? <laughs> and it's just about Bobby gaslighting his fucking parents because yeah. they accidentally left his ass. And, you know, I don't know. the time you were supposed to meet me at 5 o'clock, Mom? But, yeah, like... I don't know if this ever happened to y'all. Like, your parents probably, like, forgot to pick you up at a certain time. It's happened to me a few times. I'm sure it's happened. But, but, I, but I, at, no right point, at no point Same. do you think... And I imagine that's terrifying for a parent. You know, probably like, oh, fuck, where's Bobby go? But Hank and Peggy were having a good time the whole time. Yeah. Uh, they just got sidetracked. Yeah. He was okay. Mm-hmm. He goes to the In-N-Out Burger outside the mall. Because yeah, exactly. he got stuck at the mall. Yeah. Uh, he's just like... Being an ass about it, yeah. Like, like he was being like mad they forgot about him. He's like, Bobby, you have a fucking family structure of an entire neighborhood. Yeah, you were fine at any point. You can call multiple numbers of those people. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's not dumb. He knows the phone numbers. Like, and, and it's like at the end of the day, it, it's like even though Khan hates their asses, if it wound up being a situation of life or death, even Khan would have gone to pick yeah. fucking Bobby up because he would have held it over Hank. I, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> exactly. I can save your boy. <laughs> I'm better father than you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he would have totally jumped on that. I want your number one dad cup. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I want your mug, Hank. <laughs> Because he actually earlier he's like, I want the mug. I saw the mug. <laughs> Could you put Khan in a, in a King of the Hill reboot now with uh, the original yeah. voice? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> everybody gets all bitchy. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Get, why didn't you get an Asian guy to do the Asian accent? Because like, there was nobody available, motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You mean get the guy who was in fucking Apocalypse Now to come over? Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, it felt like they. It felt like they started writing Bobby a lot more bratty yeah, in these later seasons. Because there was it, this one, there was the one where he stole the credit card. Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole when he buys all that shit. But mm-hmm. Hank and Peggy catch on very quickly on what he's doing. And they're like, oh, Bobby, we're going to take you to a concert. And he's like, we're going to go with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that way, because he's putting on the ad, he's like, this way oh, we won't leave you. Yeah, we'll never leave you. We'll be here for you uh-huh, forever, they're like Bobby. Snuggling, and Peggy's like hugging all over him, and Hank's like, "Come on, Bobby, let's go do this." He's like, yeah. "Fuck." It kind of reminds me of like when they were in the caves. Yeah. And like they're pulling Bobby out, and like <laughs> he's they're pulling him out, and fucking Peggy just latches onto him like a fucking <laughs> like she's like she's trying to get a grenade, and the fucking thing starts glowing. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just an episode I don't like. It's it's out of character for Bobby to like straight trick his parents mm-hmm. all like the for that long. You know, he's done he's done stuff like that before, but not to that degree. No, he he's anytime he did trickery in the early seasons, it was almost an innocent trickery because well, like, he didn't know, or, or even the ones where he did know. I, I'm trying to remember. There was one in like season one or two. It may have been the, See, that was the first episode. It may he have tricks. been the prosthetic head episode. Something. Either way, he was trying to hide something from Peggy, and there was like a bunch of fast talking back and forth. Like, why, why, why? Nothing, nothing, nothing. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, but there was the um, like the first episode of all. Like, yeah, I'm still keeping this. Uh, this act going. This act going, so my dad will love me. Mm-hmm. But he's playing ignorance because he doesn't know the consequences. Exactly. He by this point, this version of Bobby understands consequences. Yeah. And he's still deciding to be a little shithead about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like when Bobby does that shit. No. I got a Bobby episode later on uh, in my list too. And uh 
I got this one mainly because I don't like the title because the title doesn't match the episode name or the uh, the episode description at all. Middle season twelve accidental terrorist where Hank buys a truck at sticker price. Yeah. And uh, finds out that he's getting swindled on everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't like this one because of how, especially how much in the past episodes we've talked about how good Hank is with money. Yeah. And right. How, and how street smart he is. He's a lot smarter than he kind of leads on. This episode completely... Makes him look like a dumbass. It yeah. completely undercuts it. Mm-hmm. And I do not like that. That neutered Hank's... One thing he had really going for him, because otherwise he's kind of an you know an average kind of dude. But the one thing he's kind of got going for him is he can smell through bullshit. Yeah, and he, he can get the better deal. Like Hank's, Hank's thing is that he's got one over everybody, and you know whether everybody's aware of it or not. Yeah, but outside of that, he's an average dude. And this completely dumbed him down, and I, I, I did not care for that. And that reason alone is why it made my top five it or just, my list at all. Because it made the list. <laughs> like, Chris the, Jericho the, pulls you, out. You can, you can actually do it. Like these four seasons don't honor the the writing of the first nine, because Hank's truck fucks up. Mm-hmm. Bobby tells him about this dealership. Blah blah blah. This happens. This happens. And even Hank's like, "Hey, don't say you like the truck." Because I'm gonna I'm gonna haggle this motherfucker down. Yeah, literally did it in that episode. That was the end of the stinger. Like like, in like a long look at it, I see it more as for him. It's like, and let's see what that you got a brand new truck, brand new car. Let's see, that's about five coffins. I'd have to yeah, five coffins. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he measures money. (laughs) And and, and like in like side work he does with like everybody else because you know. Like I know they joked about the whole credit card and everything. And yeah, like, their credit's probably great mm-hmm. and everything. You know they're probably sitting on some pile of cash in their savings anyway, because of all the weird shit he gets involved in, like the whole boat situation. Well, it's like you <laughs> would think, but then like when episodes like the insurance episode happens, he acts mm-hmm. like they have a grand in their bank account. Yeah, you know, well, that's, that's yeah. just him being you know paranoid, like a miser. Yeah, like oh shit, it's all coming down. Like no. It's just it's just him being paranoid as fuck. Yeah. Because think of all the things throughout the show mm. that they have owned and moved on to. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Especially in those early seasons, written all that big uh, heavy gear, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all those forklifts and fucking um, yeah. Backhoes. Uh, Backhoes, thank just, you. It's just all shit for uh, I'm Hank's yard. I'm fucking miming it because I right? can't think of the goddamn word. I'm like, this thing. Yeah. But, and he saves so much money. He fixes his own house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, even getting involved against inspectors and stuff. He he's his own his guy. Own master, he's master his own craftsman. Man. Yeah, he's a master uh, master of none. You know, he's he's good at a lot of things, but never a master of one single thing. Yep. Except for ja- propane. Jack of all trades, master ja- of none. Yeah. Still has a guy for everything. Yeah. And yeah, and, and for the fact that like he seems so, because I think it was like getting Peggy a new car or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was Peggy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting Peggy a new truck or getting a new car. And he like walks out with this big old grin on his face. He's like, I paid sticker price Peggy and not a penny more. But yeah. like, I'm we like, talk about, really? When, but when we were talking about like our favorite episodes, one of them was Haggling against a salesman over a fucking real estate deal in Mexico. Yeah. They don't even honor that. Like the the whole like if I would understand it if they wrote Peggy and went and bought a car. Yes. Because she's done with money and buy yes. shit without Hank's approval. Like yes. a bookstore and a real estate agent <laughs> fucking around with Hank's money. <laughs> and it's Hank's money. Yeah. It's Hank's Peg, money. Peggy's a substitute teacher and is shitty at real estate. As, as I quote the great Hank Hill, I am the Mac Daddy. <laughs> County. 
He's running whores, man. That was his whore money. He sold a bitch. He literally sold a woman. So that's Hank's money. <laughs> Hank's money. Let's title this episode. Hank's money. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But I don't really remember. I remember the start of this episode, but I don't remember I, where it really goes. I just remember Khan coming out and going like, "Oh, you pay sticker price, like idiot." Yeah. I just yeah. Was that really all the episode was? Is everyone just making fun of Hank until he like does something at the end well, to like write it? I think they go back and haggle it down. Yeah. Like, or to return the car, and it's just like even then, it's like. He could probably afford the car at sticker price. It doesn't like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, at the end of the it's day, still, it's still a weird way for him to say. At no face. point, at no point does Hank even fight back against the company. He's like, "Why does it matter if I paid sticker price? Yeah. I can afford it. You pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all thought I was rich a few seasons ago. Now, what about you, Boomhauer? Huh? What do you? What would you do? You pay sticker price because you don't have a family, motherfucker. <laughs> huh? You fuck bitches get money all day. And what about you? What about you, Bill? Huh, what the fuck are you going to do, you lonely piece of shit? <laughs> Buying more Twinkies? Yeah. Hell, you don't even work to support your family. Your wife supports your family. <laughs> she owns your van. That's Nancy's dead bug, motherfucker. <laughs> all of a sudden, and just the whole... all just get angry as fuck. Well, I was going to say, all of a sudden, the alley just gets real fucking quiet. <laughs> and you, John Redcorn, I shouldn't have to say it out loud, should I, motherfucker? <laughs> And then the wind just stops. <laughs> no, no, behind, no, behind, behind him is just Dale going like, yeah, 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 until Hank comes around and just tells, just like, oh no, Dale, wait, you. wait till your turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dale just t- takes a sip. I would love yep. and, 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 and do a callback. And to do a callback, he looks at Bobby right before he's about to go off on everybody. He does a. <laughs> <laughs> Go 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 run right to Dale's house real quick. I'm about to turk shit to everyone on the block. The block is about to get lit. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. And uh, the only other one I had on my list, I feel like we may get to, this is close to five maybe at this point. I don't know. I, I think there, so. I, I had some extras on here, but y'all took them off. So fuck it. I don't care. We're, we're, we're at a good time anyway. Yeah. Uh, Let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just talking about the shit that they gave us in these last few seasons. We finally, we, we said enough positive things already. Yeah. Um, uh, another one, uh, I kind of put this on last minute. It almost didn't hit me too bad until I started really thinking on it. And yeah. Even Peggy is just so written out of character. Uh, straight, uh, no, not strange. I'm playing uh, uncool customer as the one where mm. Peggy and Bobby try to become hip and cool because they meet the trendy parents. Oh God, yeah, that's yeah. An, that's another one of those where it's like that could have been a Bill episode. Uh, is this that joke where it's uh, prostitutes? Yeah, 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 the yeah. prostitutes <laughs> episode. And, and, and uh, it was just really odd because the only thing that was missing, and the only reason it was missing is it wasn't around at the time, is them taking constant Instagram selfies. That was the only thing that was missing on that episode, but it was just they they saw the kind of California lifestyle of the sunglasses and the pastel colors yeah. and the chrome and the nice shit. But then they kind of figure out at the end, oh, they just follow trends. Look at all this stuff. They wore this once, you know, and then it goes in the closet. Oh, this is dumb. We shouldn't be like this, folks. You know, hey, why don't you stop being like this, too? Okay, that's a good idea. That's- it went on such a fucking moral fucking you know all Peggy had to say was why are you doing this just don't and they're like okay well we won't it's like come on no motherfuckers that are this deep in fucking culture and brands and looking a certain way you can't just walk up to them and go well why don't you not 
They care more about their image than anything else. You so. probably put that out today and have the uh, mom and kid uh, be in the Instagram and kind of make that would probably work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I said the only thing that was missing from this episode from what people still do today is just add the Instagram layer to it. Uh-huh. And it was only because it wasn't around by this time the episode was made. That's such an old like fucking trope too. don't be a slave to trends. And yeah. to and, and actually the reason I put this one on here was to follow along with something Kat was saying that he didn't like about these later seasons, which is this didn't feel like they were in Arlen, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they were around that family, every time they went to the uh, the Bobby and Peggy plot point of them hanging out with the cool parents, it did not feel like these cool parents even just recently moved to Texas. It doesn't feel like they belonged in Arlen at all, and it just it felt very strange. I it didn't does. like it at all. I didn't dig it. It's like those kind of characters don't really mesh. You no, know. no, it's the same way thing. What you're saying, the Fred Willard cop, how that kind of takes you uh-huh. out every time. Th- this took me out. I was like, it doesn't. This doesn't feel like Arlen anymore. Which is a shame because I like Fred Willard. Rest in yeah. peace. Yeah. How'd y'all feel about the uh, the Manger Baby Einstein episode where that was weird. Fucking John Redcorn is like a producer of like children's DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I actually kind of used this one in the uh, favorite wrap up. This one didn't necessarily make my favorite, but it's I certainly didn't dislike it. And the reason I didn't. Dis- like it is it gave Luann a good wrap up. I saw this as Luann's wrap up episode, episode. What's uh, Luann's baby's name? Don't look at the computer. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Fuck, his, I eyes, no- his eyes just immediately bammed at the computer. He's like, on it. Damn. Don't look at the computer. Look at me. <laughs> I forgot we talked about this last time, but I can't remember the name of the uh, little girl. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I almost want to say it's like Mary Jane or something like that. What? Crazy. Gracie, okay. mm. a little Gracie. What about uh? And they do bring up like a really solid point, which is true. Like uh, babies can only see three colors. Yeah, really, like really vibrant colors, which is uh, red, black, and white. Yep. And I actually tested that out on my nieces because I I kept that little tidbit of knowledge. Yeah. And so they really loved my Ghostbusters poster. They uh, just loved. They wanted to touch it. They wanted to say everything else. They didn't give a shit about. Yeah. But that one and my Jurassic Park poster. Yep. Like they would always like if I if she was if she was crying I would just hold her and walk up to that poster and let her look at it. And a lot she of reds. Yeah, there's a lot of blacks, whites, and reds, man. That's all that's in it. And see, and I, I remember figuring that out when uh, my little sister was born because uh, when because uh, we we were got ten years apart. So you know, mm-hmm. being nine, ten years old, looking around at you know baby stuff really for the first time, I started noticing all this black, white, and red things. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was. Oh wow! They've got all this really cool punk rock, rock and roll looking baby toys now. And like, of course, mom is filling up the basket with all that stuff because Katie was gonna have a black and white room because she knew about this already. I just thought she was like, "Yeah, we're being the cool parents. The baby's gonna have a black and white room, and you know, this thing, that, and the other." And she was like, "No, no, no!" You know, the accents as she explained it to me then, and I was just like, "Wow, that." Does not make sense, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you talk about red corn transitioning to children stuff, you know, because it works for him. Because Big Mountain Fudge Cake don't work no more. Nope. <laughs> yeah, and see, and maybe that's why I didn't have an issue with that, is because even in that episode with the uh, casino, mm-hmm. at the very end of that, we see that he goes into children's programming. So yeah. it's a little odd for us seeing his adultery and massage therapy and shit like that. 
But at the same time, if you knew the fucking what CEOs at goddamn Hasbro do, you know, what the fucking CEOs at, you know, children's toy companies do and children's yeah. programming. I mean, fuck, we hear about, you know, Dan Schneider from Nickelodeon doing <laughs> shady shit. When John Kukluski or whatever his name is from Ren and Stimpy. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know. So for us, it's a little weird seeing it, but well, at the even, same time, uh, even the true story of uh, Shel Silverstein. Yeah. Yep. So at the same Rest time, <laughs> I guess an adulterer in a neighborhood with with some bad casino dealings now getting into children's programming mm-hmm. isn't too far fetched. It's, it's almost like it's, it's almost like it's a just guy random. Who buys, a, who buys a theme park and lets fifteen year olds run it? Yeah, yeah, maybe. What do we, we, we call it? Action Park, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I drew this loop on a napkin. Make that. Okay. We can't. Why? Wow, we're going to be full of teeth, you piece of shit. <laughs> Send a few crash, tum- crash test dummies down until the heads quit popping off, and then we'll pay teenagers 100 bucks each yeah. until we can make it right. What then got we'll be me, fine. What got, what got me was we was watching that. Day. We just need to do an episode on Action Park, don't we? Yes, we yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> because we talk about it up yeah. on here, but we hadn't actually done an episode on it. <laughs> Action! <laughs> I pre-watched that again. Um, the Bobby episode I had alluded to earlier was uh, the boy can't help it, where uh, Bobby becomes one of the girls. Yeah. And uh, Hank's kind of is afraid that uh, Bobby's going to be emasculated. Yeah. By it, which happens, and I feel like this would have been a good, you know, early season episode. Yeah. To just show that. Oh no, you can still be that. You yeah. Can still be a man. Yeah. But it does. It does get uncomfortable very quickly. It does for Bobby. Because <laughs> he's kind of like, oh, do I get to go on dates with these girls? But the girls are just kind of like, oh no, he's like the uh, gay friend. Yeah, he's the gay, yeah, basically, essentially. Yeah. He's the odd man out. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it's taken me a minute to remember that one. That one fell under the when I was skimming the episodes. That that fell under the I barely remember this episode because Bobby's not a Joseph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> well, actually, you know, Bobby was the ladies' man for the longest time, but he's just as. Hey, yo, Jessica, yeah, what was it? Hey, yo, Jolene Stone Cold Fox, Fox what up? up, what up? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, can you imagine just someone like Bobby's mentality in Joseph? Oh, hey, God. God. Be a fucking slayer, man. Right. <laughs> He'd be the quarterback for Dallas. That's what I, I want to see at uh, 30 fucking years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he becomes president like we keep talking yeah. about. Yeah, or... Uh, or uh, Connie being mayor or like even congresswoman, congresswoman yep. mm-hmm. from the uh, district uh, district five of Texas, you know. There you go. And then the B plot for this one's just as random. It's just uh, Hank and the guys building a homeless cart. Yeah, and that's it. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, these uh, what was it like? Dale saw like this homeless man's cart all decked out, and then yeah. like was starting to build it, and then like the rest of the guys just joined in, and we're just like, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird like slap in the face to homeless people. Like, yeah, really. Bit, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of insensitive. <laughs> and then the uh, which, I kinda... which actually because again we're fucking fine ones to talk about something being insensitive, but at the same time, it's odd because. King of the Hill never really went insensitive on things. They were always went pretty middle of the road. Yeah, they always kind of took the, uh, you know, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Blue-collar working man yeah, approach. Yeah, just kind of your every, your every man approach. Yeah, just like, and, this and guy's blue-collar just... working man doesn't really take jabs at homeless because everyone's kind of seen that light of this could be possible if I don't get my shit in order kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, normally it's just, uh, oh, this guy's your neighbor. He may be a little different, but he's still your neighbor nonetheless exactly. kind of approach. But exactly. I don't know. It's just kind of weird that they did that. And uh, I know this is like a third episode in a row, but I just kind of wanted to touch on this one just because I don't think we've talked about it yet. Just kind of as an honorable, yeah, yeah. a dishonorable mention, yeah. if you will, uh, yeah. the Canadian neighbor episode. Yeah. Where the uh, that was we talked about it a little bit yeah, earlier, where they kind of Boomhauer's house. Yeah, because Boomhauer's out for the summer, 
and uh, he's date he's dating this like is where a, you hear Boomhauer's name, Jeff. Oh yeah 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 yep. Oh yeah, because is, is he you with the Canadian that. girl up? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And the that's what it was. Okay, and I forget why how this happened like what what was the uh he just ran off he just ran off and just hired a you know canadian family to watch yeah, his it, house it, it was people he like knew. an exchange program or some well, shit it was, it was people he knew because um you know it's kind of like airbnb before airbnb and these it's just he happened to know these people because yeah. they they call him by his first name yeah because i think hank had said something she's like oh no oh thank you you know uh i'll call jeff and let him know that you did this like they brought him like some food or something and Hank was kind of excited because he knew people moving in. And yeah, yeah. The last encounter he had was with a bratty kid he should have murdered. Him. <laughs> yeah. Should have turned into fucking West Memphis right there. Just, just, ah! just, just Yeah, just right. Dirty old man full of green dust, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Dirty, but, dusty old bones but, full of green dust. But then they try to, like, uh, outdo each other as far as having, like, fucking uh, grill parties. Yeah. And that would kind of be the whole thing where it's like Hank's like, oh, I'm not going to let a bunch of Canadians out party us, yeah. guys. Let's uh, let's uh, get into battle mode. And it yeah. got ridiculous. Yeah, it got like weirdly pro-American when it just came to a yeah. fucking barbecue. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. At, sure. no point, at no point does Hank like fix the situation. Be like, do you guys want to come over? Or yeah. do you guys want to do a block party? That's, yeah. what, that's what old Hank would have done. He would have oh, been yeah, like, you know a what? Block party. Here, here's a way to unite the neighborhood. You know what? Let's all have a block party. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Exactly, Chris. We're, welcome, we're welcoming new people. Luann and Lucky have that house across the street. Because, gee, I don't know. Maybe they did that with the Super Nusim phones? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, so maybe there's even a, a basis for that character to want to do something like that. Mr. Khan. My bad. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of they just kind of forced a conflict for the sake of having a conflict. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, so, do you have any dishonorable mentions or any more left on your yeah, list? Um, Nancy does Dallas. Really? I, I almost yeah. put that one on my list too. I don't like it because it's it, Peggy and Bobby do that weird thing again, where they change their whole personalities to fit a fashion. Yeah. Because they go to Dallas with her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it, the whole premise is: it, can Dale survive? with nancy out of town yeah yes she can and the whole fear was it made it made nancy feel small Mm -hmm. because you know she's a big fish in a little little pond but she's become she know she became a news anchor because she's no longer be the weather girl she's you know an anchor woman Mm -hmm. yeah but she has a skill set and she has a particular set of skills yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but at no point do anybody acknowledge that. Like, if Peggy was to become an actual teacher, everyone would be like, oh, cool, but she has to teach in, like, Durndal. Yeah. Or, you know, anywhere else. Everybody's like, ah, that's a little rough, but okay, we can make it work. Mm-hmm. But for Dale, they're like, oh, no, no, Nancy, you need to stay because Dale this, Dale that. At no point do they give a chance for Nancy to even go, almost. Mm-hmm. And they make it look like, it, I understand Dale's point of view because, like, he is a meek man. Yeah, but he would have been fine. Yeah, like at least give it a shot before you just destroy the man. And didn't yeah. and didn't the way it roll was she runs off to Dallas. She stays on the network for an episode, like for a day or two. Uh, but she's like calling Dale, and like the first couple days he's fine, and that's what upset her. And then like something happens where like Dale finds out that Nancy wants to hear that he's not doing good mm-hmm. and then he talks to her he's like oh Nancy I miss you I want you to come home this that and the other and then she decides to come home is that kind of how the episode ran to an extent yeah, like, like I said I'm a little bit more foggy on these later seasons I just didn't I watch I believe she much. stays with it yeah 
I just think she does like the commute and like stays a little while and mm-hmm. leaves. Okay. Think, uh, but I think she kind of goes out drinking with the uh, anchors and they yeah. kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. She realizes it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Is she, that's what it was. Dale is still trying to be super supportive of her the entire time. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And then she calls and tears like, Shug, I'm on my way home. I don't like it here anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's, oh, Nancy, okay. <laughs> there's a few Nancy episodes in these later seasons. Like there's that one where uh, she loses her hair because she's stressing over John Redcorn. Well, that, not just that. It's, it's uh it turns out that's a real thing for her, like a genetic thing, because yeah. she goes to see her mom, and her mom has a oh, okay. uh, female pattern bottom. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying that's to kind was. of run through the memory banks on my end for kind of least favorite episodes, and I guess just maybe an honorable mention for me uh, would be one of Chris's favorites from the last one, but um, the final, final, final episode, the con episode with yeah. the man depression, I guess that would be my dishonorable I, mention. I, 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 I do find it odd that they're able to hide someone with a major medical issue that for way. that long, especially that, with medication. Because sometimes that medicine fails because you develop a, a tolerance for it. Yeah, because again, it feels like with how much, and again, this comes down to the writing, and I'm explaining why I don't like the writing. It feels like with how much Hank has tried to relate with Khan in the past. It would have been mentioned at some point in time. I would think so. It feels like all of a sudden, all these years later, they're trying to write in a reason for Khan being such a shithead instead of it just being, Khan's just a shithead. You know, they had to give him a reason, you know, and it's like they had to give him a reason for being the way he is. And now it's just like, ah. Just like Khan be Khan. Yeah. You know? It's just, just let like, him be a shithead. <laughs> yeah. So that, that one didn't quite make it, but it almost did. And especially because it was the absolute final episode, new episode aired. And I'm like, really? That That's that's the way you're really going to go out? Okay. So let's, let's just, and then we talk about, you know, bringing up the uh, revived series mm-hmm. of King of the Hill, you know, here in the future. What are they going to do about that? Did they bring that up again? Probably not. Just like they don't bring up other, you know, important key plot points from, you know, earlier seasons. They'll probably just pick and choose their continuity and pick and choose what has actually happened in the past to be the truth. Yeah. Let's think about it. How many birthdays did Bobby have? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, he only aged, what, two or three years in the whole series? So it's like... They're going to build build up to a multiverse. Beavis and Butthead are going to cross, <laughs> o- cross over. And- but so... Uh, <clears throat> like, out of the, all the birthdays, I remember one, two, three. Yeah. Three birthdays. Mm-hmm. Maybe three Christmas episodes, four Christmas episodes. Okay. I feel like there was more Christmas episodes. It felt like, well, there's one, uh, there's a Thanksgiving, ep- there's a lot of our Thanksgiving episodes. Okay. And, Cause yeah. they come out right. They come out around the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so maybe three or four. So by the time, like you assume, let's say first season, Bobby's 12 turns yeah. 12 by the end. He's a freshman, maybe a sophomore in high school because mm-hmm. he's able to go to a college program. Right. At the end. So I assume by that time he's 14, maybe even 15. I'll think of 15. Yeah, 15. So if they do the whole 15 years later, he'd be 30, mm-hmm. maybe 29, give or take. Yeah. Um, same with Connie and Joseph. They've all be the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they do it and they do it right, the timeline would match up. It would. Um, but it's not like The Simpsons where it's 30 plus years of comedy and it's like Bart still 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just uh, talk about that real quick. I just read an article from Forbes saying mm-hmm. it is now impossible for an American family to live like the Simpsons. I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah a family of five. With, with one, one income. Man, with one income. Yep. Especially what he does. Like, mm-hmm. It's impossible. Yeah. I was like, God damn, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to tell me people like Beavis and Butthead are living in the high life. Yeah. Right. Technically they are. They have a couch and they don't pay bills. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Just watching TV. <laughs> that, that would be funny if they Googled Beavis. That's up. Whatever you're doing on the, underneath. Uh, but I think it'd be hilarious if Beavis and Butthead tried to do like a podcast and it just goes terribly wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> they just like forgot to press record or they're trying to do like an audio of it and they get slapped with a fucking like... Uh, what do a, we say? A cease and desist order from like MTV or some shit. No, I'd be like, so are we supposed to like say something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Beavis. <laughs> Come Shut, to Butthead. Shut up, asswipe. But like they, they, they have music played in the background they get slapped with a cease and desist order. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that's been the worst episodes for King of the Hill. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of talked about my dishonorable mention already, and yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if there's nothing else you can really think of on here, next time we tune in talking about King of the Hill, it's gonna be it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be the trivia death <laughs> battle royale <laughs> between. Welcome to the Terra Dome. <laughs> Time to play the game. I'm really hoping it works out to like, uh, kind of like they, that fight from They Live and Keith David and Roddy White Piper. You know, like yep. it's a good match, but I know it's going to be like Hulk Hogan beating the fuck out of a child. <laughs> <laughs> he is throwing so much yes, shade your way. All of these All weeks. the shade. All right. I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, I'll study I've been, up. I've been, I've been knocking out some trivia with old Osborne, man. Oh, yeah? Because he hit me with a few. I'm just like, peasant. <laughs> I'm just going to go find all the fucking YouTube King of the Hill trivia bullshit videos I they can have, find. I've tried almost every trivia on those. And all those, like, like, 101 uh, facts. What, yeah. Like, 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 I found one online, like, a bunch of them online, the quizzes, and it's just like, really? This is the best you can fucking do? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I was like, like, damn. You, you fu- Chris is like, you fucking peasants. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll try as best I can to make it oh, hard. I know you, you will. The, the only ones I won't do is stuff like, you know, what's the episode title for season two, episode, you know, 12. Yeah. I won't do stupid bullshit like, like that. Like producers and stuff like that. Yeah, no, right. no, no. I w- I'm not going to do stupid crap like that. I might pull out uh, in episode two, you know, season 12, uh, we have a-, a character named so-and-so who was the guest vocalist. I, yeah. may-, I may say something like but that. But even that, yeah. no, that's not too deep. No, no, but th- that would be a, hey, that's in the episode kind of information. I like so. that. Uh, that that might be like the deepest kind of like personnel cut that I would do. Everything else would be information you should have gleaned or gotten just by watching an episode. That's we, the kind of facts I'm going to do. Are we going to do it Jeopardy style again too? I don't know. I'm kind of thinking through that right now. I'm just wanting to collect a bunch of questions together and then kind of sort through the way I want to do it. I might just go rapid fire. I might just have a stack of cards. Okay. And then just fucking, you know, kind of do it like the beginning parts of Family Feud. Right. Where, where they hit the buzzer kind of thing. It just might be the start of Family Feud the entire fucking time. Whoever can buzz in first. I need to get some uh, uh, King of the Hill stickers. That way I could put my buzzer back together. We still got the buzzers from yep. the, uh, the Halloween yeah. episode. I want to get... I, 
fucking paid good money for that shit. I want to use it more. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought about uh, bringing in a prize if he does beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, we'll have to go back on the previous episode. Y'all already gave wagers. We t- yeah, we? we did. I forget what it was. Uh huh. Y'all already did a wager at the end of I think last week's episode on uh, on record too. Oh sure. Or forget- last King of the Hill I episode. I, rather. Buy, I didn't know I was going to get something to as a prize. Yeah, I, I think like last time. I, yeah, honestly, I think it. I think the wager may have been. I'll, we'll have to go back and listen to it. Uh, but I think the wager may have been you were just going to bring something, and then Cap just had to think of something to give yeah. up. Yeah, that may have been. It was what something it was. like that. We'll have to go back and check, but but before that episode, I'll have a little segment of that little audio clip of like a previously on Captain right? <laughs> <laughs> From the propane is strong, son. <laughs> Just some dramatic music underneath. Chris their- is bringing the propane. Dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> but for this episode of the Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex. Dang old Cap. Oh, Morrison, man. Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I'm coming for you, Cap. <laughs> just lightning. Yeah, just in the light, background. Add, add the thunder to this. I'm coming for you. <laughs> You're not ready. <laughs>